Hello and welcome to the Galactic Court podcast. My name's Andy and I am your host and each week we're going to be discussing the latest TV episodes, films, games and whatever else that takes our fancy in the world of Star Wars, Marvel, DC and anything else nerdy and geeky that takes our fancy. Um, if this is the first time that you've uh, you've stumbled across this little podcast, then feel free to follow us on social media. Obviously, the links will be uh, linked into the episode, uh, and you can keep up to date on our latest episodes, as well as all the big news that comes out of those various bits and pieces. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about all things Star Wars Celebration, uh, what it was like to be at the event, uh, what there was to see, and of course, all the news from the weekend, such as the Ahsoka series, uh, the Acolyte Bad Batch series three, and of course, the big news that we're going to be getting three new films, including the return of Daisy Ridley. Um, but I am very honoured to have a guest with me today. Um, he's got a big social media following, um, about 255,000 uh, followers on TikTok, where he makes various videos uh, discussing his different takes on Star Wars news, facts from behind the scenes. But he's also an amazing cosplayer, and he did his own Mandalorian outfit for Celebration as well, which we're going to be discussing with him. Um, he's well-loved by both the Star Wars and the cosplay community. So please welcome to the show from Star Wars and Beyond, Chris. What a, what an intro that was as well. I feel like you've <laughs> you've perhaps picked me up, picked me up maybe a little bit too, picked me up a little bit too much. Well loved amongst the Star Wars and the cosplay community. Thank you very well, much. Well, you I definitely love. are, buddy. I mean, thank you very much for joining us. Um, but you don't downplay yourself either, mate. I've seen across the different various TikTokers and stuff. You've had pictures and stuff with them all over the weekend and, and stuff. So yeah, that was more, that, uh... was, that was more me geeking out over meeting them, I think, <laughs> than the other way round. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much. I'm very honoured for you to uh, to join me for this today. Um, so, what is it about Star Wars, Chris, that you love so much, and why has that led you down to, to the TikTok page that you've got? Oh, what a what a question! What started what started we off Star Wars was was my like my earliest memory, and I and I still don't know now whether it was either Return of the Jedi or Ewoks Battle for Endor. But I just remember the woodland scene and the Ewoks uh, and just watching it with my dad when I was young. Um, and it's just a standout memory. I remember going to what was called video pick a tape and picking up the video, getting a little ice cream tub of vintage figures. <laughs> and that's where it started. It was, the, it was the original toys going to collector's fairs, car boot sales. It was just a strong memory I've got of my dad collecting. And it just kind of... It's snowballed in all fairness. If you could if you could see the collection that's in the loft currently, and it's in the loft because I've got three children now, so it's not on display. <laughs> but it was um yeah, it's it's that. Um Return of the Jedi is my favourite film because of Endor and the Ewoks and Jabba the Hutt, I like the scenes. It's uh yeah, it's it's a snowball effect from a memory of a from my childhood is is how it started and now we end up with TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Star Wars clothing. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I like the behind the scenes. I like the, I like the how did they do that, mm. which is what my TikTok channel is all about. If there's something, a little fact or a little bit of information that I feel is rare and worth sharing, I will um, I will share it with other people. And it's and it's amassed over the last for the sake of a week, best part of two years on TikTok now. And it's um, yes, yeah, amassed like a nice nice little tight knit community. I'm a I'm a massive fan. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can uh, definitely share the passion about the toys and stuff like that. You can see behind me, I've got quite a few that aren't even in sight. Um, and I remember as a kid playing with a lot of my older brother's Star Wars toys, um, not obviously knowing that 
how extremely valuable they might be mm. in 20, 30, 40 years later and wish that we kept them in nice condition, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's, it's you know, it's the nostalgia, as I said. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I was born at the same year that Return of the Jedi came out. Um, and so I didn't necessarily grow up watching Star Wars, but it, obviously I got to see them as a kid yep. and, and go from there. And I remember personally being in America in 1999 when The Phantom Menace came out. Oh, amazing. Um, and uh, the hype of getting to see that when I was about 15. Uh, the worst part, though, was coming back over here. If you remember back in those days, like the late 90s and stuff, it took like three months or six months for a film to come out in the UK that had just been released in America. Mm-hmm. So I came back with a bunch of toys and, having, <laughs> and stuff like that and all the info of having seen The Phantom Menace. All my friends are like, if you tell us anything about this film, <laughs> you're defriended <laughs> exactly so but yeah i'm in the same boat as you with that so um you just mentioned there that return of the jedi was was your favorite um film out of, out of all the ones obviously the last few years we've had a massive influx of the new tv series coming in um so do you have a favorite out of the the tv series that we've been getting so far that's really sort of resonated with you or that you really liked the most oh it's that, that's it's difficult it's difficult. I love the. We're going to go b- right back to Cartoon Network. the The original three minute shorts of the Clone Wars were absolutely mm. fantastic when they come out. I, I remember watching those. I watched them not that long ago on Disney Plus. It's it's tough. The animated Clone Wars Rebels. I'm watching again currently because it's it's incredible. That was the first time we were introduced to, it had little nuggets of what we were familiar with, the, the stormtroopers and Vader and, but it was the first time we were introduced to a new group of characters. Um, and it gave you a chance to fall in love with Star Wars all over again. It was like watching the original trilogy for the first time. So I'm a massive fan of rebels. If we're going animated rebels is my favorite. If we're going live nice. action, Mando, I felt the same watching season one, definitely. I'm a big fan of Andor because I was blessed enough to go to the UK premiere. So that was fantastic watching that. But then there's there's too much to look forward to currently as well. Mm. There's Acolyte, yes, because it's from the point of view of the baddies. Ahsoka, for obvious reasons, because Mm. I'm a massive Rebels fan. But I think Skeleton Crew because I know nothing about it, yeah. is one that um, I'm most looking forward to watching. Absolutely. That's one they've kind of kept a lot of secrecy about. It is, but, which um, is good. What's, what's, what's your what's your favourite, both animated and live action? I mean, Rebels does, is probably number two, to be fair, but I'm a huge Clone Wars fan. Um, I, I run quite a few sort of Facebook Star Wars groups, and I had one that was Clone Wars. Yep. Before that sort of ended and Rebels ended, and we turned it into more of a Star Wars TV community group. But so Clone Wars has always been up there for me. I'm a fountain of knowledge for my friends on on that particular subject. Nice. So my, my partner always laughs when we see a random trooper turn up, and she's like, well, they all look the same. How can you tell the difference? And I'm like, well, that's Hauser. She's like, how can you tell these things, man? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I've just watched it enough times that it's ingrained in me. Um, plus the fact that obviously it's not something that just focuses necessarily on one person. Um, it spreads it around, but obviously the love that you develop for say the clones themselves and the, the different stories, obviously the return of Maul as well. Incredible. Um, that turned him into one of the biggest and, and well-loved characters in, in Star Wars after, you know, a few, just one film appearance. To me, Clone Wars sort of stands out above it and on the animated front. Um, I'm probably out there with you thinking Mando in, in terms, probably because we've had more Mando than anything else in terms of the live action. Yeah, true. You know, we're you know we're one episode away from completing a third season and a few cameo appearances in Boba Fett. Um, again, Andor, you know, I think 
Andor was a slow burner for me. I was sat there for the first few weeks going, is this really going to develop into anything good? But then that anticipation you had week after week with it and what it built up to was was incredible, especially obviously the, the bit when he's in prison for those few episodes and that built up to their big escape and and Andy Serkis' character as well. It was just, to me, Andor just pushes it forward and I can't wait for season two of that because obviously we'll get to chat about the news from all these shows sort of a bit later on. But, uh, but season two coming, obviously, sort of late next year, I'm like, it's too far away, bring it now. To be fair, so I'm glad we've got a constant stream. There's hmm. not, um, there's no which I know there's lots that are unhappy with Disney currently, but that's one thing that they've given Star Wars fans is a is a constant stream of Star Wars. Whether you want to watch something or not, there's 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 always something that you can watch. Which I'm, I'm a um, massive fan of the massive fan of them at the moment. And uh, I yeah, I mean people can. People can hate on Disney all they want, but personally, I'm like, they've given us a hell of a lot more Star Wars than I thought I was ever going to get. Yeah, um, I, I always say, what would have we got? What would we <laughs> have got if if it hadn't have happened? I know we had, George was developing the, the underground TV show, of which there's there's a few like leaked bits of footage, which I've kind of, mm. we, we've kind of seen bits of that in the news, especially in the last episode of Mando. Um, and we had, was it Detours as well, with Seth, mm, yeah. Seth Green, which was a... An, an interesting take on Star Wars humour, definitely. But that's it. It wasn't going anywhere else. Whereas now we can, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're delving into all sorts of different side characters, which I'm loving. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to sort of ask the Blake question of who's your favourite character, um, but what I want to know is, in your opinion, what is your most underrated and your most overrated Star Wars character? Oh, I, like. Oh, what a question. There wasn't even any, Chris, these are the questions that I'm going to ask you. Let's prep for these. It's You're literally straight <laughs> in. Um, we've expanded on him more recently, but old school, overrated was fat because, like, what what did we have? We I know he was mysterious, and but everyone bigged him up so much and for, for so little on what he'd done. Um Fett, old school, is the most overrated character. Underrated. Oh, it's probably going to be either Salacious Crumb or Max Rebo. <laughs> it's they are legend, legendary characters. I love the uh, the the species of the the monkey lizard that we get with Salacious. I like the story of how they got his name and the character and. And Max has been there through it all. And we've got the ultimate mystery with Max now. Is he is he alive? Did he survive the explosion yeah. or will we see him again? <laughs> was he was he not in Bugger Boba Fett? Though? He was. Was him and his band? He was. Oh, but obviously it blew up, then, didn't then, it? Then so. they, they blew yeah. up the bar, so it was uh did he did yeah. he survive? I don't know what I hope so. They were like the greatest band in the Star Wars universe, aren't they? We shall see. Who's your um who, who who's yours most overrated, would you say, most overrated Oof. character? That's a difficult one for me. Um, this might be a controversial one. I think Dooku. I think people fawn over Dooku far too much for, for what we actually got to see of him. Um, I think part of why I love the Clone Wars so much is it got to flesh out a lot of the characters that we only saw glimpses of in the film. Tales of the Jedi has um, done well for, for that as well. Exactly. I think that brought me a little bit more, maybe more back on Dooku, to be yeah. fair, um, the, the, how I was feeling about him. Um, but I thought from what I saw, I mean, you've got a, an amazing actor, obviously, Christopher Lee, to play the guy originally. Um, but for me, from what I saw of obviously him in episode two and in episode three, he didn't really do an awful lot. Um, and I was just like, why are people fawning over this guy? He's supposed to be one of the greatest sort of lightsaber um, 
battlers in, in history of Star Wars, and yet we saw nothing of him. Um, and, and in the end, he just got his hands chopped off by Anakin before he lost he his did. head. The, the original <laughs> animated Clone Wars on Cartoon Network, mm. when he was, uh, there's an episode where Dooku's training Grievous, and I love, I love that episode. He's, uh, they were duel against each other. It's incredible. I do remember that, to be fair, because, yeah, that was sort of, you got to see Grievous spinning and you never got to see anything like that in fa- the film. fantastic. Until the Clone Wars again came along. But I, I, like, I, like, I like Dooku. I know the, the CGI doesn't hold up now and you can quite clearly see it's not Christopher Lee doing it and it is a stunt double, yeah. but I love the Yoda-Dooku fight in Attack of the Clones. I remember that was probably one of the first midnight premieres I ever went to when I was, like, about 17 or something and, um, and just getting to see Yoda walking out with his little stick... And he's just like, okay, so now we're going to fight. And then he's jumping around <laughs> like nobody's Love business. That. It's, like, it's, it's, it's the opening like of the cape and using the force to grab his lightsaber. was uh, Yeah, I loved seeing that. That was great. Um, I think for an underrated character for myself, though, and again, I don't know whether people think about this, but I think Jyn Erso from Rogue One. Um, as much as people think she's, a, again, a strong female character, she, you know, did her part in the film, I think she's highly underrated for how good of a character she really was and how she basically sort of drove that story through to, to get the Rebels to where they needed to and get the story moved along. I mean, you can call it plot armor all you want in Rogue One in terms of the fact that every member of that crew that landed on Scarif did exactly what they needed to do just before they were mm-hmm. killed. Um, but at the same point, I think that, you know, she's such a driving point that the rebels were going to give up and it's kind of underestimated the fact that she managed to super like, I don't care what you guys think. We need to go and do this. It's the only chance we've got. And she drives them on. She takes Cassian and the rest of the crew with her. And that then launches the rest of the, the rebels into it and goes, Hey, we can actually do this because they get, get them the plans. And that just sets off the whole sequence of the original trilogy for me. So I think, yeah. Uh, might not be too <laughs> sort of like out there in terms of an underrated character, but I think she doesn't get the praise that she deserves. Oh, she's fantastic. We're not going to see, again, she's been in a couple of animated shorts mm. on YouTube from Disney where she meets various different characters that flesh her out a little bit as well. But it's, um, yeah, it was, it was when watching Rogue One, if you would pick a character back then thinking who are they going to flesh out and make a series about, you wouldn't have picked Andor, you would have probably picked Jin. Mm. But it was, um, yeah, she's fantastic. Kate, I'm a massive fan of Kate, massive fan of K two in Rogue One. <laughs> I just give me any sarcastic droid any day of the week. Um, I'm far too cast, far, sarcastic myself, so give me a sarky droid like Chopper, for example. It probably, <laughs> I love Chopper so much. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, nice cheeky little appearance in Rogue One as well in the background, which was which was oh yeah, which I was good. Um, but yeah, I look forward to obviously Andor. Eventually, we're going to get there. How did how did they meet? Cassian and uh, and K2. I had a, back in the beginning of season one, I had a theory because uh, B is very sarcastic and got a bit of an attitude mm. that something was going to happen and they were going to take his his brain or his functions out of him somehow when he gets destroyed and puts him into one of the droids and that's how we get that's how we get K2. I'm still standing by that now, definitely. Nice. <laughs> I could see that happening, to be fair. Right, let's talk Star Wars Celebration. Uh, Back in the UK, first time since 2016. um, I was adamant as soon as I heard that news. I was like, I'm going to this. Um, I get to go to a lot of Comic Cons and a lot of meetups and stuff like that. But an event like this, I was like, I don't care if it's even for one day. I want to go. I want to be part of this. Um, You know, you went along. You did your your amazing Mandalorian cosplay as well. Um, What did you think of the event? 
because you were there on opening day on the Friday. Yep. Um, so you got to see probably the more exciting day out of everything because they dropped so much of the big news. Um, the vibe, I imagine, was electric on that day. It was electric when I was there on the Saturday, but I think probably the first day of, of opening on the Friday, it was absolutely amazing. So you know, what did you think of the event and, and how did you feel getting to, to be there on that what day? A, what, a, what a buzz. It was, it was a free, it was busy. Don't get me wrong. It was very, very busy <laughs> from from getting off the the cable car and having that 10 minute walk to the front and then being herded in. It was, it was a very large room with lots of people in, but it's, it was my first con. So it was my first proper event Comic-Con that I'd been to. Um, and, and normally it'd be, I'd find it difficult to strike up a conversation with somebody I'm stood in a queue with, but the fact that we're all there for exactly the same reason at the same thing, everybody was talking to everybody which was great. And then obviously you're there for an hour and then the doors open and you're all cheering and there's lightsabers in the air as you're walking through those shutters for the first time. And then you've got food hall, there's the queue, there's some more food. And then when you go in the room and you see that, that live stage that Mm. I sit there every year and watch it on YouTube with Andy and Anthony presenting and bringing the guests out and stuff. But, but physically seeing that was the best I can't even I can't even put it into words. The feeling of being there is incredible. It was it was amazing, and I and I was as you said I was only there for a day, and I didn't think opening day would be the best day to go. I was thinking they're going to drop a something amazing on the Saturday or the Sunday, but every big announcement was done on the Friday, which was we got trailers stood there at the front watching that Ahsoka trailer above the live stage with my Mando helmet in the air, cheering with however many other people was proper emotional. It was, a, uh, yeah, it, it was incredible. I was, I was gutted. I didn't have longer because if I was there the Saturday, I would have stood, but just by the live stage and just watching all the, mm. watching more of the guests, try and get into a few more panels. I was, I loved it. I was looking forward to getting back at the end so I could watch on YouTube what I had missed throughout the day, but it was, yeah, what a feeling. It was good. How how was the Saturday? Again, I think, you know, when you walk in Duke, as we, me and my partner traveled up on the train in the morning, so we had like two and a half hours on the train, <laughs> um, getting across to, to the XL arena. It was almost an hour on the, on the tube because we had to make like three different changes right. and stuff. <laughs> but then once you get there and you're walking down that path and you start to see all the signs. Yeah. Um, and, and before you sort of turn in to, to go towards where the queuing area was, and there was a bunch of guys stood there as a 501st, uh, and some guy was dressed as Tup, and another was there as Echo, and I was, like, getting quite emotional. I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been waiting for since, like, July last year, whenever the tickets went on yep. sale. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was such a big Star Wars fan. I was so emotional going, I'm finally here. And you walk in, and... To be fair, I, I wasn't there very first thing in the morning because our train didn't get into about 10 yep. o'clock. Um, but when I got there, it literally queued for like five minutes and was in. Um, so I felt a little bit sorry for the people that had been that had stood there at like 8 a.m. and then just got in like not long before we <laughs> turned up. Um, and so, but you walk in and you walk through that massive long food court yes. as it was. It was just, I felt like that was like the oh, longest was, walk of the It was day. so long. <laughs> Um, but then you get there, and then you, you know, it's, but you're just looking at all the different cosplays that are around you as you're walking through, and like so excitedly going, oh my god, look at all these amazing people that have taken the time to like yourself to to, to get this outfit ready for this event. Um, and then you just get there, and the first thing you want to do to me was just 
stood there and just soak it all in sort of by that little live stage and just look and go, you can see that sort of the big at-hat and the tonton uh, and the oh, ATS phrase was like... the end or bunker and just, just staring at it in awe. You did mm. have to stop just for a couple of, it probably, it, it felt like a couple of seconds, but it was probably a few minutes just, just surveying your surroundings and exactly where you mm. were. I've probably done that a few times throughout the day as well. Just literally took a couple of minutes to myself thinking this is, it's the most surreal thing ever. It's crazy. It was, um, I was devastated. I only had a day, but yeah. I, I feel like I got most, I got most of it done. I would like to think the droid, the droid display at the back was fantastic. All mm. the different droids. That was amazing. That was incredible. The props, all the different stuff. There was just, there was so much there to look at. It was a, I know a, people, a lot of people complained that uh, 85 pound a ticket, but if you look at, what you got for that £85. I think it was good value for money. I think any any grumbles I heard were more about the fact that because if you didn't get to go to any panels or anything like that and you just turned up to the event and looked at the stalls, mm-hmm. then that was all there really yep. was. But you had the you had you had that live stage that was open for everyone to be able to crowd around where they had, you know, pretty much every single major person that was there over the weekend at some point or yep. another going up there and it was just to you know, have that patience to go in there, but just to absorb the atmosphere as well, take it all in, talk to some people and other fans, the cosplayers, you know, normally when I go to any big event, I'm very methodic about, I'm going to go like in a line and box off the, like I'll grid the entire place and look at all the stalls. Yeah. But here it was just walking aimlessly because I was just trying to take it all in. And like, I must've done about six, seven, eight laps of the place. And I still probably missed stalls, unfortunately, because I was just, looking at everything going, I just want to look at it. There was no route. They had maps up everywhere, which were totally pointless because <laughs> I would see something, but then I, I'm very much like the, probably the dog from up squirrel. So you're walking along and you would see something and you go, that's incredible. And I'll stop and look at that. But then your eyes will be diverted <laughs> somewhere else. And then you're going mm. to see that. And then once you've done about an hour of walking, you go, oh, I really want to go back and see that again. Where was it? Not a clue. So you have to, uh, <laughs> you'll end up bumping into it. Swag was a, um, was a big thing as well. Um, I had a bag with me, uh, stickers, just various bits and bobs in, uh, which I forgot at some point that I needed to give to people. <laughs> so I was towards the end of the day on a mission going, right, I've got this. I need to find somebody dressed as Princess Leia. Go. And then I'll just go and find a family with a, a kid dressed as Princess Leia and I'll give them a gift. And I, I enjoyed that part of the day as well. And getting things randomly in return from people. I've got some amazing patches mm. that very large patches that have been sewn and yeah, absolutely, absolutely incredible. The things that you, you give away and get gifted is, is mad. Did you get, did you pick up any swag or get anything whilst you were there? Um, I picked up a, f- a few bits. Um, I randomly, there was um, a guy that was just dropping bags of like um stickers and stuff there there was like stickers patches a few other bits and pieces just randomly on the tables in like the catering area oh nice um and they just randomly just sat down i'm like what's this and picked it up and it was just you know like i said it had a, some really good patches and some really good stickers in there and stuff but in terms of i did buy myself treat myself to a few bits and pieces um i picked up the convention exclusive return of the jedi vader nice oh yeah i've seen um, that it looks lovely to go into my collection um it does look like a lovely figure to be fair um, and I also picked up the Jedi and Sith holocrons that you can normally get from Galaxy. Oh, Edge. lovely. Um, that was a, a nice expensive little treat for myself just to be able to sit there and go, ha ha, and just play with it. And pretend <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm Ezra and, and Maul trying to find uh, the one big secret for myself. Oh, amazing. What about you? Did you pick up anything, uh, treat yourself? I didn't. It? No, because it, it, it's holding it dressed as a, 
just as a just in my mando, I had over one shoulder um, a lightsaber because on the on the Friday <laughs> night was there's the Galaxy's Edge Discord group. Whenever you see the big lightsaber meetups at Galaxy's Edge, this mm. group were over here in the UK. So at the end of the event, seven o'clock on Friday, everybody was outside the front with their lightsabers, and we just took so much footage and different pictures. So I had a lightsaber over one shoulder, which. You wouldn't think he's heavy, but after 14 hours over your shoulder, it's very heavy. And then my <laughs> other shoulder, I had my lunch bag, but all my swag and bits <laughs> and bobs in it. So I didn't have a lot of room to buy anything. But I saw so much stuff I could have bought, but it, it was where to put it. I liked the, um, did you see the Max Rebo and size Noodles, pl- the plushies? They yeah. were smart. I quite like them. They were good. The, nice. um, the top stand had some nice stuff. The Lego, the Lego brick heads looked good, but the queue was. I didn't even get into the Lego I, one. It was the only, pretty much the only one I didn't. I get didn't into queue it for so it because it looked long. ridiculous. The um, like Funko Lego and the Celebration Store. I just I looked at the queue <laughs> and I went, I'm not going to do that. I, I, if I was there longer, I would I would have queued. Mm. Um, likewise for some of the panels, I would have jumped in a queue as well. But the fact I was there for the day, if there was anything that was remotely longer than ten fifteen minutes, no, nah, I was gone. I was skipping it. <laughs> so talking about your Mandalorian outfit, um, you know, you mentioned to me you spent a good couple of years making this this outfit. So. What was it like, that process of getting it ready and then the reception from the, the different people that you met on the day to, to yourself wearing that? So I, so there's, um, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're a charity group. There's a, there's a group called the Northeast Legion um, who are a group of people who just do events. They go to hospitals, they go to fun runs, they go to supermarkets and help people with their shopping and stand in the middle of shopping centres and raise money for charity, dressed as Star Wars characters, which is what is what they do. Um, and I crew for them. So I have a black T-shirt that says crew on the back, and I take people's photos. And if you've got a helmet on and you can't see, I will stand a couple of foot in front of you. And so that person's got somewhere to, someone to follow. Mm. And crew, crewing is okay, and it's fun, but I want, I wanted to be on the other side of it. I wanted to be the one in a costume. So... Originally, I was going to be a a gonk because I thought it's easy to make. It's two storage boxes and the legs out the <laughs> bottom. And I was going to wear a Jawa costume. So it looked like a Jawa was riding a gonk. Nice. It was going to be my first costume. Then I went to Sith, which I didn't like. So I thought, what's what's the easiest? What's the what's the most complicated thing I could possibly do? And went and went Mandalorian. So over the next. It's probably best part of a year and a half, nearly two years. And it's and it's only taken that long because I've got three young daughters and a wife and a dog. And with all the things that we do with the kids in the evenings, I don't get a lot of time to do it. So just an excessive amount of sanding, car body filler. It's, most of it's 3D printed. So it's sitting in the gardens. I've just done a bit at a time. And eventually is is, is what you've seen. I've, I've, I've crafted that that definitely not Beskar Mandalorian armor. <laughs> and I'm, Just Jurisdale, is it? Rather it than it is, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was chuffed a bit. It's the first time, the first time like I put it on as a, as a complete suit. So that there's a playlist on the top of my profile of like a step-by-step making it. But the, the first time you put it all on and, and you like take a picture and look at yourself, like you, you proper feel like, this is amazing. And then, yeah, walking... The, the best place you could possibly go wearing something like that mm. is is Star Wars Celebration. And 
yeah, just walking along wearing it, you just you just feel feel the nuts, don't you? Obviously, you just feel you you feel like the character and people treat you. As I was saying earlier, when you see Rex or Cody or the Bad Batch, you're not looking at a bloke in a costume. Well, it's like when you go to Disney, when you see Chewie and Ray at the Falcon. It's not a bloke in an amazing costume. It's chewy, and that's what celebration was. You're looking at Din, and people were looking at me going, that's a Mandalorian there, and and having (laughs) photos. And, yeah, it was just an absolutely incredible experience to to go to a Star Wars event dressed as a Star Wars character and for it to be appreciated and get amazing feedback as well Mm. was just – it made all all, all that hard work and sitting in the garden sand worthwhile, definitely. And especially going as you know, a character that's so popular at the moment in terms of the Mandalorians. Um, but when we were talking before we started recording, you were saying about the, the meetup you had on Friday night. Just want some of the listeners to hear a little bit about that as well, because that was something I personally didn't get to, to do during my trip there because we sort of left and, and came straight home back on the training because we had a long journey yep. back. But what was that meetup on the Friday night like with all the other fans and the people that you got to see? Yep. That was so. We had, I had two meetups on Friday that I had to do. We had one at four. I'd one. At, I had three actually. I'd one at two o'clock, which was just with the people from the Northeast Legion. That we we had all got different trains down and cars, and so we were meeting up and we had a photo together at two and a little catch up. Then, as we've said about the the long mile, almost the walk. If you left the venue, you couldn't just go back in those doors. You had to walk round the building the way that you come in the morning. So. I met up at two o'clock, left, we'd done the long mile. The four o'clock meetup was the was the Mandalorian meetup. So that was everybody pretty much there on day one who was dressed as a Mando all out the front. And that was that was amazing to have conversations with people who oh, do you remember when you were sanding this bit? And did you have trouble when you were doing that? Discussing like cosplays and issues and tips and tricks and I haven't got a jetpack or a backpack for mine yet. So I've seen a couple of different, I've taken loads of photos of different bits of people's costumes. I don't know why I want to do another Mandalorian, but I feel like, (laughs) I I feel like I want to do, I feel like I want to do another one in a different color scheme, same soft parts, but mix the armor up a bit and do something else. But the, the best meetup was Friday night. Uh, We know it finishes at seven o'clock and everybody's leaving. If you have a lightsaber, you kind of veered off to the left and I've, I've tagged a video on my profile. It's only a couple of bits down. We've done, we've done Mexican waves of lightsabers with blue at one end and red at the other and every color in between you were having Mando was having a duel with Ray. It, it was just incredible seeing that. Obviously when you get a lightsaber and you put a lightsaber in your hand, it doesn't, if it's a <laughs> Christmas wrapping paper tube, a toilet roll tube, a stick in the woods from when you were a kid, when you've actually got a lightsaber at a lightsaber event, it's real. And it was just amazing to be there with a good few hundred people having fights with lightsabers. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was really, really good. Must have been so surreal as well to see that many people there with lightsabers because I've seen different videos from like Galaxy's Edge and stuff or sort of smaller meetups, but to have something as big as celebration and the amount of people that would have been stood there with lightsabers doing something must have been definitely a sight to oh, see. Oh, it was great. There was um there was a young there was a young lad called I was chatting with 
uh, three brothers, Parsec Sabres, they're called. They've got a, a, a lightsaber. Mm. They sell lightsabers, yeah, different mm. lightsabers online. You've nodded your head. You're familiar with them straight away. I yeah. stood out there having a chat with them and a young lad come up called Frederick, who recognized me from social media, um, asked for a lightsaber fight. Um, and that was fantastic. So I took my bags off. I gave my saber away because it was a NeoPixel, but he got his saber and his mam took a video of us from afar. And it was just me and... It was probably about 16, 17-year-old kid, and you could see it in his eyes. I had my helmet on. He was living out his wildest fantasy, having a lightsaber event with, with a Mandalorian. It was, um, that was probably my highlight, in all fairness, as well, meet, meeting that lad and having a, having a lightsaber fight with him and seeing how buzzing he was with it. That was an incredible moment as well. I'm glad, I'm glad that was caught on video. Absolutely. So, I've just seen it on social media, to be fair, as well. On, on your social media, yep. sorry. Um, and, yeah, I think something like that is just what makes a weekend for a fan as well. Um, it doesn't – you don't necessarily have to go and see all the big names or get photo ops and, and autographs with them. Sometimes just going along and seeing the amazing people like yourself that have been there in cosplay and getting to do something like but with them makes a young person's weekend or makes even just a random fan's weekend. And that's what makes events like this – for me, so important to, to the wider group as a whole that someone might have saved up for the last year to get the money to come to this mm -hmm. event and they might not have been able to uh, afford like an autograph or a picture, but to get pictures with all the cosplayers and stuff like that kind of just adds that extra bit of love to this event that what to me makes it one of the best events that I, I've been to in, in, in all of my time going to Star Wars. Things. It was good. It was definitely in a, if it was inside out, there was a couple of core memories definitely from from that event like, like things that will that will that will stay with me like like forever like you don't you don't experience mm. that often japan 2025 is not going to happen i'm not going to be able to afford to go to japan <laughs> i know it's going to be a good few years before it loops back round and comes back to london i mean i'll be there when it does but it was uh yeah it was yeah, it was, inc it was incredible it was fantastic i and you've probably got it as well. Celebration downer when it's when it's all over, even <laughs> yeah. for like a couple of days after, you've still got the excitement and the buzz of looking through pictures, and it's still all over the FYP at the moment on social media. So I'm still getting the excitement and going, oh, I saw that person, and I remember that. And it's a uh, yeah, there's a, there's a definite celebration downer going on at the moment with quite 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 a few people. Well, if we uh, if we start saving up now, we might be able to afford that Jedi Master package in uh, in about seven or eight oh, years. Unbe time. Unbelievable! <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it's going to be very expensive. I'm definitely next time when it comes back to the UK, I'm, I've, I've got to do it at least two days. I can't I can't do a day again. It has to it has to be two minimum. <laughs> so, um, in terms of what was there for people to see, I'm just going to quickly give like a quick rundown. And then I've got a question for you at the end of that. So obviously you had the little live stage, which we mentioned, you had all the various guests that were there over the weekend um, that sort of had 15 minutes or half an hour on there, just chatting in general and having a bit. I mean, we know that Hayden Christensen got a massive reception mm -hmm. and, and it was brought nearly to tears by it all. Um, there were lots of different stores there in terms of different vendors that were selling lots of bits and pieces. Um, everything from artwork to obviously you know, collectibles, um, in, including the Funko store, the, obviously the, the Celebration official store, the Hasbro store, which was great to see everything they've got upcoming and releasing as well. Um, and obviously various different sort of almost um, cosplay scenes and stuff that you could sit down and have your, your picture taken with. I know that I was all over those, to be fair. I was there um, as well, definitely. Pal Palpatine, yeah. Palpatine's <laughs> throne was a highlight, definitely. Yeah. In, um, yeah, stood stood next to Palpatine in a Gamorrean guard in my Mando costume. Mm. It was incredible. 
Um, obviously, there were tattoo artists there as well. There's um, a local tattoo artist to me that I went and said hello to him and was like, have you got time to sneak in a quick link? I don't know how many. He's like, sorry. No. <laughs> um, but in terms of for everything that there was there, was there anything that you would have liked to have seen that wasn't actually there? Um, yes. If, every... Like, don't get me wrong, it was good seeing the Endor bunker and the, I'm calling it a chicken walker, not an ATST. the chicken walker, the Tauntaun. I I wanted a little bit more around that, seeing Princess Leia's dress and mm. some of the original sabres. I wanted to see at previous celebrations and events they had, they had more of that. There was a Mando display, there was the N- N1 Starfighter with Grogu sitting in. I wanted to see more of an experience area. I, f- I felt like there was, they only used, I feel about 50% of the venue. There was a lot of queuing mm. and there was a lot of food. They could have utilized the space a little bit more. Give me a, an experience area where I can see props and costumes and animatronics and the droid area was there, but more, more of that and a, an area for the cosplay guys. If you're, Cost, there was no cosplay medics. Like, if anything broke or if you needed anything, it's tough. You just have to, you just have to make do. I would, yeah, a, a cosplay area and, and an experience area would have been fantastic. Mm. I wanted to see more, more Grogu and a Starfighter would have been good. <laughs> Even something from the new series. I think that's fair enough. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely something I've heard from other people going, you know, there was a lot of, of empty space mm-hmm. and, maybe celebrations they've had in America over the last previous years have, have had a lot more things in it than what we yep. got um, in terms of extra props, extra sets that you could have pictures in and, and stuff like that. So I don't know what the deal was with that. Cause yeah, at the very start when you walk in, there's a lot of empty mm-hmm. space um, before you got to like the food truck sections and stuff like that. So definitely a shame that I was personally expecting maybe more props and, and more things. But as you said, even the, the few bits they were, were, were limited to the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. There was no sequel stuff. There was no prequel stuff. Um, I expected with the the sort of massive push they've had on on prequel stuff recently, to, to there be a lot more of that sort of thing, and, and and then to have maybe a lot more clone stuff as well. And that seemed to be terribly like I was. To be fair, I moaned to my partner. There seemed to be a distinct lack of episode three stuff, and I was like, because it's I'm not gonna lie, it's my favourite one. <laughs> um, Empire Strikes Back was my favourite for years, and for some reason, over the last five or six yep. years, Revenge of the Sith seems to have overtaken that in, in my rankings. So I was like going around again, there's a distinct lack of episode three stuff. I'm, see- I'm not seeing any <laughs> Kenobi versus Anakin stuff anywhere. What is going on? <laughs> there, yeah, there wasn't a lot. You had, you had Ray Speeder and the Atat in the, in the main bit um, and, a, and a tie, which was nicely in the tie fight, which yeah. was good. Yeah, but in the, in the halls, other than, other than the bunker, the, the, the cosplay section was nice with the Mando Mercs, and you could sit, you could see 3PO and the Ewok on the glider mm. um, was nice, Palpatine's throne, but th- they were photo ops to see actual, actual pro. I mean, yeah, imagine going and seeing Anakin's pod race, pod racer sitting there would have been, yeah, a lot more of that. I'm a, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Menace fan, so if we had more, I, I wanted more of that, which, um, I th- yeah, I, th- I think they will learn. It'd be interesting to see what happens in Japan in a couple of years because we've got a, a they've got a twelve month break to to review it all and take it all in. So it'd be interesting to see what what mm. Japan gets in a couple of years. Indeed, definitely. Well, let's let's talk about the big news that that came out of it. Um, we were treated to, to obviously quite a few bits. 
let's just dive straight in with probably what was the biggest thing and I think the first thing that they announced on the Friday, the the Ahsoka series and dropped that that amazing Ahsoka trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Thrawn's return, um, the the return of obviously Rebels characters as well, getting to see um Sabine, Hera, little rascal yep. chopper. <laughs> um and with the reveal as well that there's gonna be a couple of you know, survivors of Order 66, some dark Jedi in there that, you know, they're not Sith and they're not fully dark side and, and they've got sort of like orange lightsabers mm-hmm. as well. So it was a, a massive trader that I've been seeing nonstop pretty much since Friday to yep. be fair. What was your reaction to that? Because you, 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 you were there last. Oh, yeah, so. I, was, I was in the hall, so I wasn't, I wasn't blessed enough to be on the panel, panel, unfortunately, but it was one of the first things I saw live at the celebration stage. Um, and within minutes of them coming on, there was who wants to see the Ahsoka trailer. So obviously everyone was screaming. Yes. There was so much. I've just done a breakdown of the track. There was so much. I've had to watch it a few times from a Ahsoka mm. spin with the sabers was taken straight from, as you will know, better than anyone clone wars mm. escaping with Rex. It was great yep. seeing that live action, the magistrates back the the world between worlds. If it is what it is and it looks, mm. it looks it, just just blows everything, like literally everything wide open. Um the the bit in the hallway with the the orange sabres and he's and he's doing the Vader esque scene yeah. is right, fantastic. So it, but there's even people saying, well what if he's gone through the world between worlds and it's an in an alternate timeline that bloke is there and he's doing the Vader bit and he gets the plans for the Death Star before they escape. There's there's so many crazy theories going around at the moment with what's going to happen with the Ahsoka set and nobody knows, which is... Mm. I love the fact that it's tied so well into Rebels, obviously. I, yeah. d- I don't want it to be totally... Re- I, don't want, I don't want it to be season four of... I don't want it to be totally finished with Rebels and that's it. I would like a few episodes centred around the Rebels characters but I do want the show to be more focused on Ahsoka and her story. Do you think it, that that's the danger though? Because this has been pegged for a long time that it's going to be focusing on the story of, of finding Ezra and, and Thrawn's return. Mm-hmm. We've sort of maybe known that for a while, even if maybe the Thrawn element of it hasn't officially really been confirmed until now. Um, and we know we're obviously getting Hayden Christensen in there as well. So are we getting Clone Wars flashbacks? which to me is going to be a big thing. But I think, is there a danger that it, it is going to turn, because Dave Filoni is obviously heading uh-huh. as well, that it is basically going to be, you know, the sequel to Rebels? I, no, I, 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 have, I, don't th- I don't feel it will be. It's, I mean, that's not a bad thing, because Rebels is my favourite show in the world. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to slip into the trap of making it real. Because if, if he wanted to do it, he would have just done another series of Rebels a long, a long time ago, he would have, he would have finished it off nicely. Yeah, I, I feel it's going to be mainly focused on Ahsoka. We're going a hundred percent. We're getting flashbacks. A hundred percent. We're getting something with the world between worlds and alternate timelines, which I'm very excited to see. What almost like I'm a big fan of a of what if. I love the Marvel what if hmm. series, and I would love, even in animated form, a Star Wars what if series. Yeah. But I think Ahsoka, especially with the world between worlds, we've got a couple of opportunities to branch off and do a couple of little Star Wars. What if this happened? And what if that's happened? I think we're going to see that on screen. And we're going to have a couple of episodes centered around the Rebels characters. And they're just going to dip in every now and again. The overall arc is Thrawn with Ezra. 
but we'll only have a couple of episodes with the with the crew of rebels. I feel. I mean, I don't know. I've I've not been I've not been there, but that's <laughs> that's just my gut reaction to what it's going to be. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to find out. I mean, I'm with you in terms of I would love a Star Wars mm-hmm. What If series. To be fair, I think there's so many stories they could tell of of you know little alterations. But do you think maybe if Star Wars went down a route of in the Ahsoka series, they sort of like had an episode where Ahsoka goes into the world between worlds? Obviously, I'm just you know speculating but she goes into the world between worlds and there's an episode where she goes into different portals and it's a slightly different version of the world that she's known giving slightly different results do you think maybe that's dangerous for star wars to do because marvel for a long time didn't want to go down the time travel route and they kind of did then eventually in endgame mm-hmm. for, for better for worse they sort of did that thing to, to culminate their story do you think it's dangerous for star wars to do that because it's been teased upon that they can change this and they can do that when the world between worlds or do you think star wars should just still really realistically be a linear story and they shouldn't mess with things like changing the past or time. Don't mess with what you want, change what you want. I I genuinely don't mind that that world between worlds makes it, makes it exciting. Like it, it, I I know the story, everything that's come prior, I know, and I know it, and I know it inside out. The the Hmm. stories that we've got coming, we, we we don't know. And the, the world between world opens up so many doors of, you know that story that you know really well. Well, what if this happened? And it's like the comic books. What if it was? What if it was Leia? Luke went off and just left him alone. And then what if it was Leia who got trained and done this? And I know we get those things in comics, but with the chance to see things like that mm. in live action. What if Luke missed? What if Anakin lost the pod race? And there's, there's so many different things. What if? What if Ahsoka hadn't left the Jedi Order and Anakin stayed and didn't go dark and? There's there's so much, and I'm, I'm I can't wait. I'm excited, as you can probably tell. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with it. I mean, August is not going to be able to come quite quick enough. No, really, there's, is there's, it? So. there's so much to look forward to. We've got a couple of a uh, couple of things dropping on May the fourth as well, that which my kids will love the the little Jedi adventures, which is going to be great. They will love mm. that. But it's uh yeah, Soka needs to hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on then to those other ones. I mean, something that I'm going to touch on a couple of the other ones quickly. You mentioned May the fourth. One thing that is dropping on that date is Visions Volume mm-hmm. Two. Um, I think maybe Series One of Visions was a bit hit and miss for a lot yep. of people um, because they're like, "This isn't canon Star Wars. I'm not that interested." It's in various styles that maybe they're not familiar with either. I personally yep. loved it. Um, I can't really recall an episode that I, I really hated that much. And to me, the trailer looked immense. Yes. Um, there looked to be some really good animations in there, some really good characters that looked badass. Not gonna lie, the Wallace and Gromit animated episode. I was like, I can't, okay. I can't wait for that. I can't wait. <laughs> that was maybe the only one I was looking look at, going, "Oh, I'm not sure actually," because it's like, am I going to be thinking too much that Wallace and Gromit are going to show up in that episode somewhere? I think um, that will only be. That, how we... I think that will only be in this country because what because everybody <laughs> like is is grown up yeah, with Wallace and Gromit from other countries and things. They're they're probably looking at another episode, going, "Well, that's the animation style that I grew up with." I, don't don't ruin it for me. And they're looking at Wallace mm. and Gromit going, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, are you excited for this series? Yeah, though? I like in individual little stories in an anime. Because when, when you say, well, what's Disney animation? Instantly in your head, whether it's hand-drawn or whether it's CGI, you, you, can, picture, you can picture what Disney animation is. Mm. Um, I liked Visions because it's... It's animators and it's an animation style in the universe that I love. 
from somewhere else in the world and it's a new story so yeah i loved visions season one i like the intro to it as well I, yeah i can't wait to see what happens with visions season two I suppose, in a way, Visions is our um, our what if series. <laughs> yes, it would be um, it would be nice. It would be nice to see maybe the characters we know in an. And I know we've got the comic books, we've got Star Wars manga. I would like to see a live action Star Wars in different animation styles. I think it would be quite good to watch mm. as well. Absolutely. Um, one of the next shows they announced was series three and the final season of The Bad Batch. Um, to me, I've loved this series. Obviously, they said that they brought this series out originally because people wanted more sort of Clone Wars type um, action and, and series. Um, and, you know, I come to love this this little ragtag Clone Force 99 and, and all their little adventures. I've even warmed a lot more to Omega, I have to admit. I wasn't a fan of her in season one, but in season two, I've, I've grown to become a bit more attached yep. to her. Um I, you know, how have you felt about Bad Batch so far? Are you excited for this final I'm, season? I don't think I'm ready to talk about the finale of the, of the previous season yet. So it's uh, no, no, I'm not going to spoil it for people who haven't yet. But it's um, <laughs> yeah, Omega, I'll give you that. But I, I, I felt the same about Ezra in season one of Rebels, and a lot of people did as well. Granted, mm, that's fair. Ezra had a little bit, little bit of time to flesh out. Um, Omega's good. I'm enjoying. Obviously, with all of the series, the the goal, the end game is the sequel trilogy. Is how did we get Palpatine back and the cloning? And I'm mm. controversial. I like the sequel trilogy, and I like the everything about it. And I'm enjoying everything and how it's all intertwining to get to this end goal. And and Bad Batch is is a good part of that at the moment. So much has got to happen in that final season, though. So Crosshair, Omega with the person who we're not going to talk about of what happened and <laughs> people are going to start getting upset about it. Too much has got to happen and we've got to wait a, a year. It's going to be a long wait. We've got to wait fair. a year. Granted, we've got a lot in the meantime to keep us busy and watching and talking about. And then when it comes back round, we'll be going, Oh yeah, bad bats. Do you remember that? But it's, um, yeah, it's good. They, they, they've done well with it. It's captured what Clone Wars mm. did and what Rebels did as well. It's, it, it's got Brilliant. you wanting more. What a finale, though, that was. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting it to go a different way, and, and my prediction for the end of Season 2 is now my prediction to happen somewhere in Season 3, right. which is the fact that um, they they go off to, to rescue Crosshair. Mm -hmm. And and my prediction originally was that um, there would be sort of one big last stand with all of them together, and Crosshair would be the one that would give his life to let the others escape. Yeah, I, I predicted, I predicted and, Crosshair and going as well instead of... He would not so be I've now moved that prediction to season three. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think that's the way it's probably going to go. We'll so, just keep moving that one uh, forward till we get it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if it, if it doesn't happen, then I'll be on the phone to them. Like, hey, it was, come on, this was, come on, this is how it you be. saw it. They were both getting a lot of character development throughout season yeah. two. And it, it was going to be one or the other. I predicted the one you did that it was going to happen to. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is 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 he or isn't he? Or would he come back? It's I don't like. It's the same reason I I hope he doesn't, and it's the same mm. reason I don't want to see Kanan Force Ghost in the Ahsoka show. He's had his arc. It was beautiful. It's finished. Yeah. Let's just leave it be. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, 
So next bit of news then, the Acolyte. Um, to me, this is something I am seriously looking forward to. Um, as we know, it's going to be set about 80 years before The Phantom Menace. Um, it's going to focus on, obviously, the Sith and and how they're sort of cementing their place and, and setting forward their plans for, for years to come. Um, I'm a big Sith fan, personally. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of Sith tattoos, just to put it in there, so I'm part of the, the Sith that Empire. <laughs> um, how are you feeling about this? I So with, with Mando, one of my favourite episodes was where they were... It was the damn episode where they're in the truck and you've got to be careful with the trucks that it doesn't explode. And as they're, mm. as they're arriving, you see the stormtroopers and the Empire cheering. And when they arrive and they're in the building, there's all the, I'm so happy and this is really good. And it was the first time you saw something from the, from the baddies' point of view and how, oh, maybe it's the goodies that are bad. And they genuinely believe it. This is why I'm excited for Acolyte, because Acolyte is a series from the baddies' point of view, as if they're doing the right thing and they're the goodies. So I can't... It's, it's a twist on something that we've never had in Star Wars before. Everything's always from this side. It's never from yeah. that side. So, yeah, Acolyte interests me massively. Interesting cast. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. Jedi, mm. Jedi Wookiees. What? what? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've only ever seen one before. We can't, before, we can't, we so can't go wrong. <laughs> I think I'm with you in the fact that I've been dying to see some stories from the other point yep. of view. Um, yeah, they're always just painted as the evil ones or the opposites. Um, I got really annoyed with. Did you ever play Battlefront Two or play the storyline from Battlefront Two? Um, the, the the game, the most recent one. Yes, yeah, out. yeah. I've, I've just finished. I, I'm well behind, um, but I've, ju- I've just finished it recently and the little expansion when they're a bit older as well. Yes. Because this was whole marketed as a story from the Empire's point mm-hmm. of view. You know, Ison Verdio comes in and she's this badass pilot. And it was all supposed to, this entire story from Battlefront 2 was supposed to be the story from the Empire's point of view. And she switched over pretty quickly during the story. And it became the standard story from the Rebels or the Resistance point yes. of view. Um, I was really annoyed about that. And so I'm like, give me more. I want more baddie stories. Um, so the fact that we're now finally getting that, I'm, I'm super psyched for this. This is probably, um, after Ahsoka, the one I'm looking forward to the most out of the, the rest of the TV series that were announced. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, again, Battlefront. I'm, I'm well behind. So I had a, an Xbox 360 and then played it for ages. Then had children. So it's the Xbox never got touched. I think it was plugged in once to play Frozen. <laughs> um, so recently for my 40th, I got an Xbox One with Battlefront and squadrons I've yet to put in. But yeah, playing Battlefront and that that bit again on Endor at the beginning, being the baddies mm. and seeing the Death Star explode. And from rather than the yeah who, we're going, oh my God, what, what have they just done? It was incredible and it was good, but yeah, it didn't take long. And then all of a sudden she's, yeah, okay, let's, let's do this instead. Yeah. And it was, yeah, Acolyte, Acolyte's going to be good to see it from the other side and see the goodies be the baddies instead. <laughs> but jumping back to the uh, to the good side to be fair the last bit of tv news um or the last bit of big tv news that was announced and or series mm-hmm. two um coming late 2024 mm-hmm. um again they they mentioned a lot of big news from it that they're going to be taking it all the way from where he was at the end of season one basically all the way up to the very point where we meet him at the start of rogue one so they're going to be covering quite a bit of time in in, in the one There's season gonna be some big time jumps um, in that season <laughs> Absolutely. I think they said that something like every three episodes is going to cover a year or something right. like that, um, if my memory serves me right. Um, but again, I think 
there's going to be super sky high expectations for the series after obviously what we got from series one. Do you think they can live up to that? Bearing in mind that I've always been a little bit skeptical of series where we already know the outcome of the character, mm-hmm. um, simply because the power that you're putting them in, it's hard to sometimes I think get attached to what they're going through because you know that they're going to survive and they're going to get killed or something's going to happen to them. Yeah. You know, when you've seen them in a later film or something like that. So I was, that's part of why I was a little bit skeptical going time of going, I already know what happens to mm-hmm. this dude. We know, if we already know his story, but again, I think I got drawn in by the characters around him that made his story part. Just of about that. to say that Kino, Kino Loy would have been a big one. Yeah. yeah. The, and or is a lot of people said it's, it's pointless. I know what happens. Like, it doesn't matter how he gets from there to there, no matter how many times he's hanging on the edge of a cliff or he's got a gun against his head or anything like that, you know what's going to happen. But it was, Andor was very clever, yeah, in the, the characters that it gave us, uh, his mother, um, Kino Loy, the, the ones that you built those relationships up with around the main story that, that made you feel for them. It's, do we think Kino Loy's, a, do, we, do we think he survived or is he gone? Oh, I know. Well, <laughs> I was debating this with my partner the other night, actually, and I was saying I really hope he did. I thought it was selfish of some of the guys there. They could three or four of those guys could have held on to him, jumped off with him, and, and helped him to shore. Yeah, surely, you'd think surely. But you think if he's the only one left who can't swim, whenever all the other prisoners escaped, they're going to execute him pretty, pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> there's got there's got to be there's got to be. I don't know if I'd met because I never met any of the stars. That would have been one of my questions, especially to and just saying, mm. "What are you are you um." coming back for it or is that that, that that is it done that was good at celebration seeing the the one way out charge as yeah, well on that, that was, day that as well was, was crazy to watch seeing a good few hundred people and some of them fully committed and went barefoot the entire mm. day which was awful but yeah to see people with life preservers running around screaming one way out was fantastic to watch it was a uh, yeah I, I hope he survived season two although yes we know the end game how are we going to get there from here with some nice time jumps in between? It's it's the meeting, it's the meeting K two that I'm excited about and how they're going to bring mm. that in. Yeah, I definitely think this is going to be you know pretty much out of what they've announced for next year, probably the most anticipated one, isn't it? Out of sort of maybe the three shows we're getting next year. And to be fair, I know Andy Serkis wants his characters as well because he said in one of his interviews, didn't he? He's like, uh, they asked him, "Is your character still alive?" And he's like, "Well, bloody well, I hope so." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'd love to carry on, come back and do that. Character. It was nice. He was, he was good. He was good as, he was good as Snoke. He's a good, he's, he's incredible. He's, he's amazing. in Everything that he does from Gollum to Caesar to Snoke. It was, uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be great, great to have him back in the Star Wars universe. They can bring him back, I suppose, as anybody, anybody he wants with, with CGI, but it was, uh, yeah, I'm, let's, let's bring Kino Loy back and, uh, <laughs> skeleton crew, which has been pitched as Goonies in space. Mm. I, I can't. I, yeah, so I almost forgot about that because we never hear any news about Skeleton Crew. It's just it's got Jude Lawrence about these kids lost in space, and he's playing a Jedi, I think, isn't it? That sort of helps them on their way. That's exactly. um, but apart from that, they give us nothing about this. There's there's no footage. There's no shots. There's I, nothing. I know <laughs> nothing. I've seen one picture of Jude Law with like the the thing that comes out of Jabba's palace door. That the eye. Mm. He stood by a door with one of those with some kids in the background. It's the only thing that I've seen, and it's pitched it. as Goonies in space, which which I, <laughs> I love. I love the Goonies, and if you can replicate that that heartwarming story with kids in, in the Star Wars universe, it's going to be a win. But I think that's again for some reason they're keeping this one close to their chest. Whether there's a big surprise in there, who knows? Um, but yeah, I think another one that's going to be interesting simply because we don't know anything about it. 
And I can't really say much more than that about it because I don't know anything yeah, about it. It's called Skeleton Crew. That's all I know. And Jude Ju- 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 in it with some kids and that's it. <laughs> um, so moving on from the TV series, the last sort of, I guess, the big news to come out of it was the announcement of three different films. Um, the biggest probably one out of there is the fact that we're getting a new film that's going to be set 15 years after the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Um, where Razy Diddley returning as Rey, um, and she's going to be establishing a new Jedi Order. What were your thoughts on this? And are you excited to see Razy Diddley back Absolutely as Rey? Absolutely buzzing. I, I, I posted a video a long time ago saying, what, what do I want from a Star Wars film next? Rey Skywalker, Jedi Academy is what we would have called it. And that's exactly what we're getting. We're getting Rey back. Oh, I, don't, I don't know whether um, Oscar and... Finn, Finn and Poe, John Boyega. Um, I don't know whether we're <laughs> going to get Finn and Poe back as well. I don't know whether we're going to get the full crew back as much as I would love them all back together. We got. I'm happy. I, I don't know. It's with a character that I love, and I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited for it. Of course I am. It's it's three new films. <laughs> They've not committed to a trilogy with an overall arc as well, which I think is very clever. Yeah, out out of out of all of them, the one that's set prior the one that's set where we want and one that's set in the future. Mm. It's, it's, the, it's the Daisy Ridley Ray film that I'm looking forward to the most. It's a, yeah, nice. it's going to be great. Mm. And sort of, I guess the middle film out of that, um, going to be directed by Dave mm-hmm. Filoni and it's going to be basically wrapping up um, what they've dubbed the Mandoverse. So all the storylines that from the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, anything else that's sort of set in this, um, in this sort of time period, um, it's going to be a big film to round it all off and tie everything together. And there's, it's been described as having um, an epic battle, one of the biggest sort of battles in, in all of Star Wars that we've seen um, to date. I'm really looking forward to this because obviously I, I've loved what they've done with this time era of, of Mando and Boba and Ahsoka. Yep. Um, and to me, it's, it's with obviously the return of Thrawn in the Ahsoka series, it seems to me that this is going to be the film that ties all that together and brings about the rise of the First Order. So we might even get Snoke in it, I, I, I think, Ooh, possibly It's going well, to be so. the end game of the Star Wars universe, uh, effectively. <laughs> Everything's all tied together. There's, I mean, there's nobody better to do it, obviously, than Filoni, knowing, knowing the characters as well as he does. There's no one better to do it. But it was, uh, yeah, that's going, to be, that's going to be an experience in the cinema, isn't it? Especially people... I, I'm concerned because not everybody commits to every bit of Star Wars. Like, if you hadn't have hmm. watched Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian Mando that that season would have confused you so it was you have to be invested and committed to watching everything to understand what's gone on which is where I feel the film might slip up a little bit because there will be people that haven't done that and won't understand bits um but yeah I'm not one of those people I consume as I consume as <laughs> yeah. much of that as possible and I'll be the one sitting in the cinema two or three times watching that film so I don't oh, care oh yes yeah, I think you know, Marvel have maybe run into that problem a mm-hmm. bit, haven't they, with the fact that they've broken off to all their TV series and a lot of people like the more, say, uh, casual slash series viewers are like, I go to all the films, but I don't necessarily watch Disney Plus series. And, and there's a risk of obviously that happening, I think. But at the same time, I think people have been more drawn into Mando than and, and the surrounding series than they have been with anything previously. And it's maybe not going to be as big as an issue as maybe Marvel have mm-hmm. got with that. Um, and then moving on to the other film that they've announced. And to me, this is probably my most anticipated film out of the three. Um, the, the Dawn of the Jedi. So this is going to be set 25,000 years before the events of the Skywalker saga. 
Um, it's described as a biblical epic <laughs> of uh, basically the, the the first person that discovered the Force and, and became a Jedi. You know, this is something that I've actually been calling out for for quite a long time. I want to see the, the beginning of how this all started. Um, if you've got the beginning of the Jedi, I imagine it means we're probably going to get the beginning of the Sith. Always well. balance. So there's going to be a, um, there's going to be two exactly. sides. As I said, my most, my most anticipated film out of these three. How, how are you feeling I, about this one? The fact that they've called it biblical. I mean, we've got... I, I've never <laughs> delved into the High Republic stuff. I've not touched it. And I know I need mm. to. I need to get some comic books because I'm visual. I can't, I can't go books. I need comic books. So I need to start there. But the fact that we're going earlier and we don't, we know nothing in all fairness, like nothing at all. As you just said, it's biblical and it's the first person who discovers the force. Okay. That could be anything. It could literally <laughs> yeah. be anything. I like, is it, is it James? Is it the person who's just directed the indie, indie film? Um, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'm going to say it's yeah. James M- Mangold, M- Mangold, something, something like that. I wasn't sure whether it's this. Mangold. I wasn't sure yeah. whether it's the same guy that's done the latest indie film or not. But it's good. I, I, we're going into a Star Wars film knowing nothing, so it's uh, it, it can't be a bad thing. And we're, but we're not going to get anything for ages, are we? We're not going to get character <laughs> designs or trailers or teasers no. or casting <laughs> news. There's a uh, there's so much more to come before that. I was disappointed Taika, um, Taika Waititi's film, if he's mm. still doing one. I, I don't know. Nothing was mentioned. It's all been very hush-hush, and I'm a massive I'm a massive fan of his. I know many aren't because of the, the latest Thor film, but it was a uh, – yeah, I like him. I like his sense of humor. I like, I like what we do in the shadows. And Do you think there's a place for Star Wars to be able to thrive – without delving into stories that involve the Jedi and the Sith, because I, I've had a lot of split opinions on this from people in terms of, you know, I think a lot of people have now the Skywalker saga is over. They've called for more non Jedi or non force user stories because you want to flesh out the world a bit more. But at the end of the day, the star Wars world thrives around the force users because that's what it was built off of in the first place. Do you think star Wars could thrive without going down that route or does it need to still dip in and out of it? To, to make sure that it continues with those people that fell in love with those souls for that reason in the so first I th- place. I think they do. It does so well because it dips into it. So Clone Wars, Bad Batch, Man, like everything that we've had so far, man, it's Mandalorians. It's, oh, it's, it's about Mandos effectively, but we've still got a little touch over here and a little touch over there of what we're familiar with. I, I don't mind. I would have a series on bounty hunters, a series on, we've had a series on clones. As, as long as it touches something that's familiar, that, that resonates with me as a Star Wars fan, mm. I, I, don't, I don't mind. I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy. It doesn't have to... You don't have to mention the Skywalkers. You don't have to bring in Vader or Palpatine every time. It was as, as long as it, it gives me something that resonates, whether it's a feeling or a character or something that makes me go, "Yeah, this is Star Wars." I'm happy. Mando. It was it was, it was his costume. It was the costume, wasn't it? It was. You see that. You're like, mm. I recognise this. And then you're seeing little salacious crumbs in the trees and you're, you're no. recognizing planets and sand crawlers. It was Mando season one done that perfectly. We, we stayed away mm. from the skywalkers and, and lightsabers and, and we just used familiar surroundings. And that's those first few episodes. It gave, I mean, it gave, it gave us Grogu. That was, that's, that's what obviously touched us. The, the mystery around Grogu mm. is 
I mean, still now, fantastic. But that that first season of Mando, yeah, I, I, I don't mind. Give me give me whatever you want in any format, an animation, <laughs> film, as long as it as long as it resonates, I'm happy. Nice, to be fair. So I guess my final big question to you is with all the news that's come and all the, the new things that we're, we're going to be getting from films and TV series, what if, if Lucasfilm called you up and they go, Chris, we want you to design the next film or the next TV series. What is your sort of your passion project that you would ask Lucasfilm to do for Star Wars? What is the biggest thing that you go, I want to see this on the screen? Oh, like it's, it's we I, I would like to see, Either two things I want it because we're so good with the the like Luke obviously at the end of Mando how he looked to Luke how he looks now with what they've done CG wise to make him look younger and, and we've we've progressed another year another couple of years mm. since then so if I want either I want Shadows of the Empire um, between Empire and Jedi obviously I would love that story with Prince Shizor and Hands in Carbonite and I would love that. Or I want my animated Star Wars What If series. I would I would probably go animated What If if they gave me some money and said let's do this and come up with five or six solid episodes. But I'd put it to the fans. What what do you want to see? And we just put a vote out there. Whatever episodes got hmm. voted the most, that's what we would make. We just and just see what happens. What's what's yours? If I gave you a big war chest and said go and make something Star Wars, what do you want to see? I think I'd be definitely going down the Sith route again, and I want to see a, a Plagueis and Young Palpatine series. Oh, it'd be nice. Um, give me a good, give me a good twelve episodes, or you know, two seasons of twelve episodes from you know the the, the Young Palpatine that's taken on by Plagueis. I mean, I don't know if you ever read the Plagueis novel that's I guess now is considered Legends, um, but that to me was a, it was a great book that they would wouldn't be far from from doing something superb with if they even turned that into a series to be fair but i think i'm dying to see younger powers. who's your so i um, in my race skywalker jedi academy theory of what i what i want this story to be there's a, there's a strand cast there's a younger clone out there who happens to be the embodiment of palpatine my my dream casting as a young palpatine matt smith <sighs> Wasn't he rumoured to be playing the young Palpatine the, clone? In, there was or, a sniff they, at some point that he was going to have a mm. role within Star Wars, but it was never confirmed. It would be amazing. I, I would go with Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston as oh, I think he would make because he's got that sort of he's got the, maybe that more theatre training than maybe Matt Smith has got to like. Because I think one thing that Ian McDermott pulled off really well was the fact that he with certain speeches and stuff like that, especially in episode three, he leans into his theatre training. He does, so he much. is good. Like the the story of Plague's story that he tells to Anakin, he used his theatre training to the max to tell that little story and it sounds shivers down my spine. So I think Tom Hiddleston has that maybe sort of similar background to be able to, to do that similar voice pull off the similar way of talking maybe a little bit better than the than most that have been maybe touted for that kind of role could do so i think he'd be my dream casting for that sort of role oh, that'd be nice Matt. but i'm disappointed so cameo wise in terms of actors in universe at the moment we've obviously had um some interesting ones in mando recently with with lizzo mm. and jack black who i thought were fantastic very camp but if <laughs> you think good, of yeah. certain <laughs> episodes of the clone wars how camp they were that's what star well, yeah. wars is um, but one I'm massively disappointed, and I think it's a missed opportunity. Was Christopher Lloyd was obviously fantastic. I really wanted him to play Hondo. 
<laughs> it would have been amazing. Yeah. But it was um, we. St- yeah, that's, that's another character that I want to see in live action. I don't know where that is yeah. going to pop in. You would think if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be the Ahsoka series with the Rebels crew, Hondo's yeah. popping up somewhere, stealing a ship or doing something in the background. Oh man, I hadn't even thought about the fact that we could get potentially Hondo and Ahsoka. That would be has amazing. To, I'd love to, to see happen. Hondo in live action. Cool. Well, I think I've covered it. Just about everything that I wanted to talk about from Celebration. Is there anything else that took sort of took you by surprise, or any news that we haven't covered that you were sort of taken by in terms of what happened over Celebration? No, we've we've covered we've covered films. Just seeing that image on the stage that pops up with with what's coming was exciting. Yeah, the films, the it's, it's, it's bright. And we always said it like year on year, we always say, oh, this is the best year to be a Star Wars fan because there's so much cool stuff coming out. Like, it's getting better. <laughs> it's, it's like, it is, a, it is a really good time to be a Star Wars fan. I wish they had made some sort of announcement about Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Paris. Would have been nice. I'm, as a dad of three, to get to Florida with or anywhere yeah. with, with the family is extortionate it's really really expensive we went to paris not that long ago um so if they could bring a galaxy's edge over here i would have liked some sort of an announcement to say that it's going to happen i would have been chuffed a bits with that but it was a yeah celebration 2023 was a huge win for me absolutely something i've like i said it was, it was on the bucket list to go to um i was like a child when when it was announced that it was going to be over here and I remember I was at work last last year when obviously the tickets were going on sale and I was at the office about an hour and a half past closing time because I was sat there in the queue waiting to get to the front to buy those tickets. And I'm like, I am not leaving my office until I bought these tickets and then I will go. And then, and then I will go. Um, it was good. I was, I was thinking, so I mentioned how long I was in costume. Obviously getting there, the experience was incredible. Leaving the event with the... I was, I was Amanda with a lightsaber on the walk back to the cable car. She was queuing for an hour and a half again with other other fans. But once I landed back at the dome, my feet were killing and I thought I can't do a 40 minute walk back to my hotel. I'm going to get an electric bike. So somewhere it exists on social media. There is footage of a blue and yellow Mandalorian <laughs> riding around the millennium dome on an electric bike. I can't wait. For, I'm going to see it pop up somewhere randomly on a, on a YouTube short or Facebook in a couple of years time and just go, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening or watching this video has got that footage or sees it on TikTok, send if, it to us. If anyone sees that footage you. online, please, please tag me in it. <laughs> Chris, thank you so, so much uh, for, for coming on and, and being my guest to talk about all things celebration. Um, tell everyone at home exactly where we can find you on social media. You'll be able to find me on TikTok at Star Wars and Beyond. Um, I'm also on YouTube at exactly the same at Star Wars and Beyond and Instagram for all sorts of pictures and weird things. You will get me at Star Wars and Beyond TT because somebody else has already taken at Star Wars and Beyond (laughs) and I was raging. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. As I said, it was truly been an honor to have you on and discuss it. Um, I'm going to get some pictures up on my social media of, of your Monday costume as well, so everyone can see exactly uh, what we've been talking about and they can see how amazing your costume was. Uh, for everyone else listening, thank you for tuning in. Um, next week, we are going to be discussing the finale um, of the Mandalorian series and recapping the series as a whole. Have you watched this week's episode? I have. I have. It was. Um, it got. It got my so many people because a, a certain select few got a, got a sneak peek at Celebration and was allowed to yeah. watch it. So thank you to all those who didn't spoil anything. It was. Um, mm. Yeah, what an episode. 
what an episode. And, that, <laughs> and now we know why one of the first things that they did at the celebration was drop the Ahsoka yes. trailer. <laughs> that's, that's, um, but an amazing episode, a heart-wrenching episode. I, I cannot wait to see where this goes next week. Um, but for everyone, thank you very much, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.